Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's going on, Kansas City? Chiefs Kingdom. Players only. We back. Back in full effect. Yeah. Every Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. We got Joe Mays in the house. Yes, yes. We are back in the building. We got out of the cryo uh, bin. Oh, got yeah. some... Uh, some, uh, uh, what'd you get? Some uh, massage and everything hey, down man, at the Leia Center? Hey, I get everything, you man. You all relax? Absolutely. Cryotherapy, <laughs> hyperbaric chamber, you know, a little oxygen chamber that I hop into, and then I get a massage. That just makes sure, that just sets everything up. That, that sets you up, right? Oh, man, I you feel should, great. Like, you should have a smoking jacket on right now. Like, you, you should be chilling <laughs> like that. That's what you're trying to say? Man, look, I'm, I'm relaxing either way. So <laughs> I, I, I should probably give me one of those one of those jackets so I can definitely show, it, show people I'm chilling. And we got a guest in the house. Now, he's a defensive guy. Yes, we got another one in the building. He's from Jersey, so he's accepted. We got East Coast in the house, yep. Jersey in the house. Yep, yep. We got my man, linebacker, started off at Iowa, transferred to Tulane, undrafted free agent, came to Kansas City, played here from 2013 to 2016. We got Desmond Moses in the house. What's happening? What's up, fellas? Thank y'all for having me. I appreciate being here, man. No yeah, problem, man. I'm excited. Let's get it. Oh, Desmond, yeah, you know you're doing big things around Kansas City. Got a real estate business. And, you know, you Look. made your, you made your, uh, you know, kind of set your feet in cement here in the Midwest. And how's that yeah. going? It's going well, man. I'm licensed in Kansas and Missouri, man. We deal with a lot with investment stuff. Um, I got a great team, and we're growing. Our goal is to include everybody, man, link up with some of the guys, some of our former teammates, man, and build up. Um, some generational wealth, man. But I'm excited about it, man. We're excited to talk some football tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we it's go. always good to talk football. You know what's oh, great? Yeah. And I am Danon Hughes, former wide receiver with the Kansas City Chiefs back in the 90s. Older than these cats right here, <laughs> but we still have a good time talking about the Chiefs and things that are going on and on and off the field. Sorry. So if this yeah. is the first time you've ever tuned in to Players Only, uh, we had set this foundation, Joe and I, and, uh, and some old guy named Sean Barber. We don't really talk about Barbershop. him that much. Um, the, set the foundation Legend. to have oh, yeah. a forum where it's just about former players like we would ch- chop it up in the locker room uh, about everything that goes on on the field, off the field, uh, issues, challenges, politics, uh, everything that happens. We got an opinion. We got a perspective that might just be different than most general fans. I mean, we see the game differently. Mm-hmm. We've been in the game. So there's aspects of the game on and off the field that we have a perspective that might not be shared at your local pub with your neighbors and so on. So we like to have this forum. 610 has been gracious enough to allow us this opportunity for the entire season to chop it up about everything that goes on in the world of sports, specifically with football. But I will say before we move on to the first point about the Chiefs Chargers review, Desmond, you talked about making uh, making your stay here and, and your home here. Sure. There was just a great piece that was done online about 
how many people stay in Kansas City once they are here as Kansas City Chiefs fan or Kansas City Chiefs players, how they wind up making this their home. I would have never, ever thought <laughs> that I would not be living in Jersey. Mm-hmm. I would never. My wife's from Jersey. I'm from Jersey. All my family's back there. They're not moving anywhere. And, um, but I thought it was a great piece done by Alan Shope that he talked about um, just the players that still remain here. And we have the Chiefs sure. ambassadors that still do a lot of uh, charitable events, a lot of uh, speaking engagements. And we, we have the, the true, true blessing of Clark Hunt and the Chiefs organization still embracing the former Chiefs that played. It didn't matter if you were a Hall of Famer or a Ring of Honor guy. If you played for the Chiefs and you wore a jersey, you're still wor- welcome with that organization and in this Chiefs community and in Chiefs kingdom. So I think that's Absolutely. cool. Congratulations for that. Thank you very much. Yeah, I had a little baby girl, and that, that kept me here. But I'm excited to be in Chiefs kingdom, man. These fans are, are the real deal. They're real yeah. deal, right? <laughs> it doesn't They're matter how long you played, how long ago you played, they still embrace you. Absolutely. So that's a good thing. So this Chiefs team, they went overseas. I guess you can call it overseas, <laughs> out of the country, and played in Mexico yeah. against the Chargers. And they got a win. Now, ugly win is still a win. It's Ooh. better than a, a good loss any yeah. day of the week. Right. Uh, I saw some things in that game that uh, I should say concerned me a little bit, but not a lot. Um, I thought the the terrain, the turf, dictated a lot of things mm-hmm. on the field. Yep. With Patrick Mahomes didn't have his best game, threw an interception, only his second of the season. I consider it his first because the first interception was a weak call. It was a, a mm-hmm. flag thrown. He threw it up. It got intercepted. And I still don't understand the rules on that. But he took some chances, but I think he dialed it back into game management mode, which tells me a lot about him. Yeah. You don't, you don't remember a Brett Favre going into game management. Right. You don't remember gunslingers going into game management. And the fact that he has this mm-hmm. kind of dual football personality is impressive to me because I think that uh, you, if you want to look back at last year, even with the MVP, you can see sometimes where maybe he took a little bit too much chances and it might have bit, bit us. Now you're seeing him recognize, okay, guys are slipping around. The turf mm-hmm. is, is bad. We got divots all over the place. Mm-hmm. Let me dial things back. And if I have to tuck it and run, he led the team with 59 yards rushing in a game. Uh, he's doing that. So I was impressed on offense, defense, the defensive backfield, four interceptions. We very rarely get a chance to say great things about the defense with the Chiefs over these last couple of years, but I was impressed there. And ultimately, they got the win. They did exactly what they needed to do to get the win. Yeah, that's all that matters to me is the win. Um, <clears throat> the, the one thing that I noticed is that the offense, even though they didn't have the, as great a game as they wanted to, they had more of a balanced attack. They were able to get you know some rushing yards and be, you know, be able to do things uh, both ways against the Chargers, whether it was passing the ball or rushing the ball. And then on defense, yeah, they gave up a lot of yards, but being in those meetings, the coaches never really cared about how many yards you gave right. Like that that's not bend, don't break. Yeah, you bend it, but you don't break, right? <laughs> like break, that that's right. not that's not something that you pay attention to at the end of the game. That's a great point that yeah. we're gonna tackle later in another segment yep. called misconceptions. That could be a great one. But Yeah, that, man, but I mean for them to go out there and get four, you know, four interceptions, uh Frank Clark to finally look mm-hmm. like he's healthy, mm-hmm. be able to uh, you know, provide some some pressure on the on uh, you know, uh Phillip Rivers and mm-hmm. knock him around a little bit, force him into some some bad throws yeah. and then, you know, made them count. So um, I mean, they dropped one pick, which shows you that they were really out there ball hawking. Right. But, uh, you know, for them to get those, get those picks um, and be able to win, uh, you know, go out the game with a win, I think that's all that matters. Yeah, absolutely. In my opinion, I think those guys played lights out. Um, you know, as you spoke of, 
with Philip Rivers and, you know, the quarterback situation, I think that was the greatest issue for San Diego. You know, mm-hmm. he never mm-hmm. dialed it back. There was never a point where he said, let me go into conservative mode, give my team a chance to win. And I think overall, you know, at the end of the day, his turnovers was – that was, the, that was the killer. That was yeah. the oh, dagger yeah. for them. You Absolutely. know, they never could catch their breath, never could really catch their bearings after those big turnovers. But, you know, Pat Mahomes did a heck of a job really honing it in. Yeah. You know, the field wasn't great. We saw that yeah. early in the game. As a player, you notice those things. Yeah. When they put up a, you know, a video of what they've done to the field in the last 14 days, you know there's a field issue. Oh, yeah. You know, so. You oh, see yeah. guys <laughs> cutting, and, and you didn't see a lot of guys on camera slipping. Right. But you can tell by his eyes and how he was scanning the field that he was just not quite sure that guys were going to keep their footing. Absolutely. And I've said it, and you mentioned <laughs> Philip Rivers. I, I think Philip Rivers is Jeff George 2.0. And Jeff George may a little too old for you guys, but <laughs> when, when he played for the Raiders and we played against them with the Chiefs, Marty Schottenheimer used to say, He's going to give you a chance to win. You just better be ready to take it. Right. And Phillip Rivers, it doesn't matter. He's always going to give you a chance to win. He's always going to give you a chance to take away the ball. You just better be ready. Mm -hmm. He just can't help himself. You just come across those cats that just can't help themselves. themselves. (laughs) Push the envelope, push the button too far. Right. You know, know, they're in a a Toyota car, and they're trying to race a Ferrari and put their foot (laughs) down on the gas pedal, and it just doesn't work. And, um, you know, I, I saw the Honey Badger. He got an interception, but he dropped one. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it feeds into my mindset as a wide receiver that defensive backs are wide receivers that can't catch. <laughs> <laughs> well, they said before the game, which I thought was interesting, that Phillip Rivers, you know, they didn't want to go out so far as to call him reckless as a passer. Yeah. You know, but I think after last night's performance or the other night, I think it's clear that um, he's more on wavering towards – Reckless. Yeah, you know, boom a bus. It's <laughs> boom a bus, really, yeah. with him. I mean, and you know, he's the, so high strung. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, when he's on, he's on, yeah. and he's going to mm-hmm. be a Hall of Famer. Uh, to me, kind of crazily, because of how many yards he's put up and so on. But he's done, what has he got? 14 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Crazy. And he's fumbled the ball five times. Yeah. You know, it might be time. And the thing, the other thing, he doesn't seem to be. A, a player that you would think of as a backup that would nurture mm. a young quarterback. Right. So when people question of whether or not he's going to have a future after this season, his contract's up, I think his career is done. Because I don't see him being that nurturing guy. Now, I could be wrong, right. but I don't see him being a backup to Sam Bradford no. in New York and nurturing him to be a better quarterback. He just seems to be that guy that always has to have his helmet on mm. as opposed to a baseball cap. I tell you one thing about Phillip Rivers. They love him in that organization, though. Yeah. I mean, whether we're, we're sitting Oh, yeah, here, you played out there. Yeah, I played out mm-hmm. there, so I had a chance to play with him. So it was one of those things where, you know, he would go out there, he would make a play, sure. and he would mess up, but he would still get after it and not be scared enough to go out there and perform and be aggressive. And his teammates enjoyed that. The, the organization enjoyed that. Yeah. Now, are they getting tired of it? Mm, I'm not sure because he's still out there playing. They have Tyrod Tyra Taylor. Yeah. He's shown that he can, yeah. you know, he can move the ball up and down the field. Um, so, you know, I guess it's safe to say we're going to see, you know, what's going to happen the rest of the season. And, uh, you know, if he's able to do a little bit better, you know, uh, you know, not put them in terrible positions, yeah. I think he have a chance of coming back and them signing them next year. Yeah, I well, believe they have a good team. Yeah, we got the Protein House Eat With a Purpose text line 69306. Text in your questions. We see a bunch of texts up here now. We also got the call in line for callers, 913-576-7610. That's 913-576-7610. We had some great callers last week, some contention that was going back and forth, Mm -hmm. which is great for this forum because I always say, hey, I don't 
consider myself some kind of great super athlete, but I do know there are a lot of fans, football fans out there, that probably rarely ever get a chance to have a sit-down conversation with an athlete and get that perspective. So this is the forum to do it. So we encourage all calls, all texts, and uh, we're going to tackle some great things. Obviously, Kaepernick uh, was an issue this week, the Garrett-Rudolph saga between the Browns Hmm. and the Steelers. And uh, we got some other great topics that we're going to talk about as well. But right before we go to break, I see one from the 913. He's got to feed all them kids. He's talking about Phillip Rivers. He might have to be a backup somewhere. <laughs> yeah, That's got, true. I got, got eight, five got eight kids. kids. He got eight. I would have loved to have a few more yeah. years in the NFL with my five kids. So he's got, I think he's got what, eight, seven? Eight kids. Yeah. And, they, and his wife, him and his wife, homeschool every last one of them. Hmm. So yeah. they, so they he's don't a have better to worry man about than me. sending them to school for them to go to school. They do that right in house, and you know, seeing the type of guy that he is, type of player that he is, I'm pretty sure he don't he don't ease up on his kids. Like he makes sure that they're, they're going to have a great education, yeah, and they're going to be super smart like he is. Oh yeah, I'm sure. sure. Sounds yeah. like NC his family State. wants him to keep working. Oh yeah, your family, yeah. Hey, family wants him to keep yo, the, working. The wife yeah. wanted to push you out. There. Hey, but you ain't got somewhere to go today. You don't got an appearance or something like that. Hour forty five you know minute drive. Is. Like you got to go somewhere. Right? You got to go somewhere. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about a couple of the hottest topics and takes that are going on in sports right now. Second quarter here, players only, Joe Mays, Desmond Moses in the house, and I am Danon Hughes. And uh, we're going to go to the text line. Yes. We got, uh, obviously, one of the big stories we'll tackle as well from the 515. Back it up in Des Moines. I like that. Okay. Did Garrett lie about the racial issues? So here, here's the deal. I think there's going to be facts that can come out now with everyone or, or the mic being so strong on every single play and what happens on the field. It will be proven whether he was lying or not. Yeah. The fact that he said it so late mm-hmm. and it's not really pertinent to his case. I mean, he said it happened earlier in the game. Mm-hmm. So you could have handled it right then when, he, when it happened as right. opposed to waiting until the last second. And there was nothing vicious about the hit that told me that he was going after him because he called him the N-word or right. something like that. Yeah. So I'm going to lean on the side of it not of it being false, uh, but I think with the Mikes and the NFL, which they've upheld his his suspension right mm-hmm. now, uh, I'm going to say that, it, you know, I think it's probably, probably bogus. Yeah, I think so. Uh, for him to come out so late with it, like you said before, it's kind of it's kind of not even worth talking about just because – I mean, we don't know that for sure. They don't. Mm-hmm. There's no right. evidence out there, and then it's just his account. Now, you know, granted, you want to be able to, you know, give people the benefit of the doubt, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, if he's gonna say something like that, he's not gonna lie and try to, you know, give himself a motive or give other people the reason why he did what he did. Right. So it just makes you wonder, like, you know, if if that if that was really the case, or you know, if it was something that he felt like he he could use to maybe cut down on the suspensions. Not quite sure, but at the end of the day. I don't really think it matters. His his suspension was upheld, and now uh, you know he's going to be missing some ball for a few weeks. Yeah, I definitely think it's interesting, and it's funny because when I watched this, you know, my initial reaction was, you know, for his team, they better go into chaos mode. Yeah. And that was the first thing I said. I said he better have said that this kid. It better have been something egregious for him to react and respond the way that he did. Yeah. You know, I get emotion, but um, you know, for the NFL is such a large market. To think if this guy had to hit this kid flush. Oh yeah, on his head, and uh, you know, lump this kid up, or even worse, this kid, you know, some somehow passed away. Imagine the kickback, the feedback that the NFL would have been getting, you know. So I just think, 
you know, it's a tough position to be in. As a man, you know, that's the conversation you got to go into the tunnel. You know, you mm-hmm. got to pull him to the side and say, hey, this is what happened. Right. I don't care if y'all defend him, that's your guy. And you got to stand in here with him. But we have to address this as two men. And, and as two men, you also have relationships on other teams. Regardless of how fierce the competition is, I know somebody on the other team. And they know me. And there's a, you know, especially nowadays with social media and guys working out together in Arizona and California and Florida, sure. you have relationships. You can go to that other guy and be like, look, I know what the media is going to say. I know what I'm, I'm telling you what's real. And you have that trusted relationship. And so far, you haven't seen either side kind of sway mm-hmm. in that. You don't see the, the severe support of Garrett, and you don't see anybody kind of dodging Rudolph. On the Steelers, you just—I mean—so it's going to be his word versus the other person's word, but there's going to be audio, and you guys know, sure. and the fans, will you hear always hear us talk about film. Don't lie. Well, the recording won't lie. <laughs> no, not at all. It exposes everything. Everything's ears, mic'd ears up. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, everywhere. So, and, and you know, just to put a cap on that and wrap it up with the whole situation, he was dead wrong for hitting him with the helmet. Absolutely, he was not dead wrong for anything else. He was, he was on the bottom of a pile, thought he had a sack, rolled over, didn't – I mean, he didn't even garner a penalty at the time. And nowadays, when you're protecting quarterbacks, it didn't even throw a flag at the time. Like, right. he viciously hit him or put his full weight on him, which is garbage. I don't know how you tackle somebody without putting weight on him. Right. And then yeah, crazy, right? <laughs> rolled over, and next thing you know, he's got somebody pushing up in his helmet, ripping his helmet off. The thing is, Mason Rudolph was not successful, but – Miles Garrett was successful yes. in, in, yes. in getting what was done done. And what he was, where he went wrong, where he turned left was swinging the helmet. Other than that, it should have been more it should have been just a penalty, mm-hmm. maybe a fine, yep. but it should not have garnered any kind of suspension until he swung the helmet. That's my take on it. I know everybody on social media, you can only do but so much in 140 characters, right. but now you hear it first. Quick question. Quick question. Because I wanted this because when I first seen it. I thought to myself, oh man, this is back to this is back to regular normal football that I'm used to from right. back in the days where you you love you love seeing them guys go out there and they're brawling and you know they're doing these different things. So from that standpoint, I enjoyed it. But right. you know when you get when you go as far as you know swinging a helmet on the quarterback, yeah. I mean that's not cool. But is there a certain part of it that you guys really enjoy? Like, I mean. I, Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm. Maybe I might be one of the only ones. You want listen, us to go to the dark side. Listen, you want right. that? Man, look, you want look, Desmond you want to go back, back to the dark side? You want me to take it back to Jersey? That's what the show's about, right? Like, I mean, you know what? We, why not talk about it? You yeah. know, like, it, 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 did it really remind you guys of like the form, like the old football days where them guys just didn't, they didn't they didn't really have the, the code. The, yeah. it was a it was a no code. You know yeah. what? I I can appreciate that part of the game, especially as a defender, man. Oh, yeah. I think the the game is somewhat vanilla now, but I definitely enjoy that. That real brotherhood, you know, you saw it. I think in a moment, uh, unfortunately, a really ugly moment. Yeah. But you seen how guys came together. They had their brothers back. You know, they were really willing to, you know, throw blows for the guys. And I think yeah. that's important. You know, that's what the league used out, to be you know? before it was all a, uh, you know, the working out together. Yeah. And you were a tight knit group with your guys. You know, you were willing to go to war with them. Yep. I and, and I would say this <clears> from my perspective, and I'm not, I'm not an official on this. I think guys now, and this is totally my opinion, and I could be proven wrong. I think guys now play for the NFL, with mm. just and just so happen to play for a, a team. certain team. Yep. Back when we were playing, or when I was playing, 
I played for the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. I bled Chiefs. I hated everybody that opposed the Chiefs. Right. Anybody in the AFC West was my enemy. Yep. They kicked my dog. They spit on my sister. They said something about my mama. Yep. Before every game, I felt like that. And, you know, so you kind of wear that, and that's your conditioning for the rest of your life. Right. And I think nowadays, because of the camaraderie and that, the stuff that goes on off the field, I kind of feel like they're playing in the NFL. Right. And they just happen to wear this certain jersey, and they might switch. And, you know, Marcus Peters might go from the Chiefs to uh, out the to the Rams and now to the Ravens. And yeah. when he's all said and done, he's just going to consider himself an NFL player. Well, let me ask you this, though. What, do you think that the NFL, the idea to with it, guys can be released midseason, do you mm -hmm. think that it fosters these type of ideas because – you know, we've seen guys who started, you know, Ron P, for instance, guys who started seven years, you know, cut before a specific game. And it's like, it reminds you as a player that, you know, as much as we say this is family, 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 and those guys, you know, even back to Pot Warner, Willingboro, New Jersey, my guys, I know on the way home, these guys that I'm I'm in my but, uniform yeah. with, if something happened, we're going, we you know, together. it's together. Right. It's family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's real. It's you different, know? man. It is different. Mm -hmm. Part of it is the business. Mm -hmm. And part of it is just the nature of, uh, players seem to take care of each other more. Sure. There's a lot more helping each other up and smiling on the field <laughs> yeah. and patting each other on the back between plays and yeah. and all that stuff. And I just I can't I don't think I've ever given somebody given somebody a five during the game. I don't think I ever helped somebody up. Now that doesn't make me a tough guy. That right. just makes me a condition mentally mm -hmm. that that was like you know that was like taboo. You don't right. do that. Uh, somebody in another jersey. You know, I'll see you after the game, and sure. maybe we can have a few drinks in the parking lot before y'all leave to the airport. But that's it. I mean, during during those sixty minutes, there's nothing we got. There's nothing we can talk about. There's nothing I should be smiling at you about. True. Yeah, you know. True. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, to answer your question though, um, I think the business side of football definitely takes that away. Takes away the brotherhood that you build, the camaraderie that you build with your with your team. Um, it's kind of hard to sit there and build. You know something that you that you really feel like is close knit, mm -hmm. and then the next week you're gone without sure. any you know instruction or you know without them giving you any information on why. Yep. So you know with these guys nowadays, it's all about you know what can you do for what can you do for me lately. So you know instead of showing up and playing for the brothers, yeah, you're showing up and playing for yourself. Yeah. yeah. And you know that's where that's that's where the the motives come in. I'm playing for money. I'm playing for fame. Mm -hmm. I'm playing so I can be famous out there. Whenever I walk around, people know my name. Like. I mean, you know what's funny, though? I think the teams that can still bottle up that energy, you know, the Patriots, the, you know, the teams that consistently go and win championships, somehow, even when I was in Green, my time there, it was, you felt that family. Somehow yeah, they yeah. still foster that, that environment to where no matter where we come in at, you know, you got to play your best or your brother's going to, Yep. And it's not about you. It's about you gotta the look team. At the, you got to look at that guy across from you in that locker room. Accountability, yes. <laughs> and, you gotta, and he got to know and you got to feel like he knows that I gave everything on the field. Absolutely. And whether No matter what the scoreboard <clears throat> was. We got a couple of good texts from the 316. He yes. said, we we played in the league, predominantly African-American. Do you, you guys, have you ever been around a situation where players have used racial slurs against you on the field? Quick answer, yes. Yeah. Yes. For sure. Yes, Absolutely. so that does happen on the field. Um, and you guys, we talked a lot last week um, from the 785. We talked a lot about Kaepernick. Uh, people called and said he was in trouble and a bad employee, <laughs> and he moves locations. You know what? There's a business side, like we referenced. There's a business side, and ultimately what it comes down to, forget all the extra noise on the outside. What it came down to, in my perspective, was 
there was an agreement or a, a, a waiver form that was not conducive for him to sign, whether it was standard or not standard, based on his relationship and the history of he and the NFL, it did not make legal sense for him to sign. Now, it could be that it, it would have been the same agreement that you and I have signed, but we don't have the history of distrust. We don't have the perception of blackballing. We don't have um, the whole – the everything that surrounds Kaepernick and the NFL. So does that, does that warrant that there be a different waiver? Could possibly be. I mean, we take history mm-hmm. into everything. And, I, and I, so uh, to answer that person's question and to the, put a bow on this and not go too deep into Kaepernick because we could take shows up yeah. from my perspective. <laughs> for sure. It came down to the agreement, the waiver form, and it was not conducive legally for him based on the history he had with the NFL. And but I, he still wants to play football. Yeah, and he, didn't have any, he couldn't have any media there. That's, that's something that they didn't yeah. really sh- shed a light on. Transparency. He couldn't, he couldn't have any media, no video, no nothing. So, you know, mm-hmm. the only teams that were able to come in and see him, they were the only ones that can see him perform. Right. So he couldn't have any film, no one out, no media outlets or anything like that. So I felt like you know they were basically giving him this this deal, with you know it, it came with it came with you know instructions. Like mm-hmm. he had to bottle it at a certain point, and he couldn't really go out there and do what he needed to do. So um, yeah, for that guy that said we were ball washing, <laughs> I figured I would throw that on. I was out trying there. to clean it up. Yeah, I was trying to I keep mean, it clean. Uh, Thanks, Joe. It's okay. I mean, you try to clean everything up. I like to see it for what it is. I mean, we wasn't necessarily doing that. We just wanted to make sure that that man, you know, he, he speak what he speak and he get his fair due. That's it. And the perspective is the perspective, and it doesn't have to be agreed upon. But I will say this: I've been getting arguments on social media with people. You know, they see me with pictures with Cap. I know people, I know Cap, I know a lot of people around him. If I'm saying it and you are speculating, which way would you lean? I'm not saying that I'm 100% true, but which way would you lean, just generally speaking? Uh, there's a much better chance that what I'm speaking is probably more, more correct right. than what you're probably hearing on mainstream. That's it. But we're going to take a break. We got halftime. Halftime is among us. We're going to get some juice. Got some tohi sitting here. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the Chiefs' grades this, thus far with this bye week coming up. And then maybe some misconceptions, which we already touched on earlier, about NFL players or pro athletes and misconceptions in mainstream. Halftime's over. We got our juice. Got some fruit. Got to got tighten things up for the rest of the show, yep. like the second half of the Chiefs game. And we go into the text line at 913. Love this show, guys. Awesome players' perspectives on things. Appreciate you doing this. We appreciate you listening in. Just a different perspective, guys. That's all it is. Maybe a perspective that you don't hear very often. 913, we got uh, is is um, Frank Clark that good again from the 515. Do you guys think we can see Frank Clark be that good again? You good, You defensive guys. I think so. I think so. I think, uh, you know, what's been coming out about him, he's been having some things, some issues with his neck. I mean, that's nothing to play with. You know, when it comes to your neck, you want to go out there and give everything you have. And if you need, if you dive in there on a the tackle and you, you hit it the wrong way or someone come in there and hit you, that's kind of – you're kind of putting yourself in a position where your career can potentially be over. Uh, so for him to come back from that and play as well as he did, I have a feeling that he's going to come back and play well throughout the entire season as long as he's healthy. So – I mean, he did a hell of a job, you know, keeping some pressure on Phillip Rivers and forcing them into bad situations. I mean, granted, it was against their backup mm-hmm. tackle, but when you're faced with that situation, you have to take you have to take advantage of it, and he did that. 
Now, you know, moving forward to the to the rest of the season, those guys are going to be dependent on him to get that sure. in order to, you know, put these quarterbacks in bad situations because now you have a back end that's really hungry to get those interceptions. They, mm-hmm. I mean, they pulled down four, and now they're ready to pull down some more. So um, I think he's going to be better. Yeah, I think I agree, man. I like Frank Clark, man. He's a motor guy, high, high energy. Um, I think for him, you know, as well as getting his health right is – making sure that guy's fresh, you know, yes. on Sundays, man. Mm-hmm. For those guys that play 60, 70 plays, and he seems like an every-down guy, they only have two active DNs. Um, you got to keep those guys fresh, man, during, during the week, throughout the week, let them catch their legs so they can come out there and, and wreck the game on Sundays. Oh, yeah. Well, well, staying in line with not just Frank Clark and the defense, but we're gonna. I want to give some grades out. Normally you want to give it around the mid part of the season, usually when the bye week comes, give or take a week or so. But now with this extended season and them going to Mexico and having to buy uh, in week 12, to me, um, it's time to give some grades. I mean, there's more than uh, a sample uh, sample source of what we see on the field. Uh, for me, I'm going to give the, a C to the O-line. I think they can be better. Mm-hmm. There was obviously uh, issues with protecting Patrick Mahomes, and they really have not ext- established a run game on a consistent level in order to be – proficient in December and January, you got to have a run game. Mm-hmm. So the O-line gets a C. Still passing, but can definitely do better. The running backs get a C. Fumbling the ball, being careless with the football. We've had the guys on the shelf in the tub hurt. Um, there definitely can be an up- upgrade in that. Wide receivers, tight ends, I'm going to give a B plus. I think when Tyreek went down, Sammy Watkins has been in and out. Um, they, could, they can definitely be better, but with the guys that filled in and with the emergence of McCall Hardman uh, and what he's been able to do, basically he has averaged a touchdown every five times he's caught a pass. Wow. Um, to me, that warrants a B-plus. So on the offensive side, what do you guys see? Defen- well, on the defensive side for sure. Um, D-line, you know, as much as we, we're giving Frank Clark and, you know, giving him all his credit, you know, so far this, this season they haven't really done – as great as they would want to, especially against the run game. So I would have to give them give them a C minus. I mean, you know, it's, it's definitely room for improvement. You know, I, I expect them to come out there and play better after after the bye week. You know, they can get a chance to get rested up. You know, watch the film, see what they're see what they're lacking in, and get better. Um, when it comes to the linebackers, uh, you know what? It's been. I mean, it's just been one of those one of those seasons. Um, you, you got guys that can come downhill, um, that can play the pass. When it comes to coming downhill, you haven't really seen that as much, mm-hmm. you know, especially with having Reg- Reggie Ragland, which that's what he's known to come yeah. down and thump. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, you know, also having 5'3". He's been known to come down to, to thump too, um, but you haven't really seen that, so I'm going to have to get these guys a seat. Um, when it comes to the back end, so it's been so many different things that's been going on this season. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, whether it was busting coverages, whether it's, you know, whether tackles. It was, yeah, missing tackles, um, you know, guys just, just coming up coming up short. Um, I think it's C's across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those guys, they, they, I'm sure they're going to look at the film and see that there's a lot of things that they can learn from, that they're going to learn from, and that they're going to improve on. Yeah, yep. I agree. Uh, I'm, I'm right along with you, man. I think C's across the board, plus or minuses, however you want to go there. Um, with the defensive line, it's tough when you don't have a ton of depth, you know, especially if you're playing, you know, down in <clears throat> and down out. Yeah. Um, at the linebacker position, you know, I, I still like those guys. I know Reggie since he was in high school, literally. Nice. I trained out there in Huntsville, Alabama with okay. him. And, you know, the guy, guy's a football player. He loves the game. Hitch, Iowa guy, loves the game. These guys are studying. They're doing what they need to do. Nonetheless, once you shore up that run, man, and I think it starts with the front, the front four, um, 
you know, they get a couple more guys out there, some more depth on those rundowns to where they can really get into those pass downs, where they can bring their guys on fresh, third mm-hmm. down, third and long, second and long, pin their ears back and go get some go get some guys. Yeah, I mean, and when it comes mm-hmm. to the D-line and the linebackers, they pretty much go hand-to-hand, especially in the run game. I mean, those are the guys that they are, are pretty much banking on to stop the run. Absolutely. So, you know, each guy have a gap. If you're not in that gap, you're going to create space for, you know, create this huge hole for the running backs to get through. I mean, so far they haven't really necessarily been gap sound like they want to. Um, but like I said, they got a, t- a ton of time to watch the film, right. learn from it. You know, they get a chance to understand how your teammates play so you can all go out there and roll. Yeah, you know what? I agree with you guys. I think the D-line, from my perspective, is a C-plus-ish, but I can give them a C. Linebackers, I'm going to be a little bit more harsh with a D because I don't see – I see reaction. I don't see instinct, yes. instinctive play. <laughs> Uh, you know, I want to see – I've been, you know, jaded just a little bit because, you know, Derek Johnson around here, I remember sure. him <laughs> shooting through and, oh, and yeah. snuffing out a run play just as it's developing because of whether he saw something or yeah. a study. And I haven't seen that type of play from our linebacking core in the DBs. It's tough because, you, you know, you're catching me after a four-interception game. You know what I mean? And, and granted, the two interceptions were by the defensive backfield. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean in and give him a B, B-plus. Right now, I think they can be better tacklers. Um, but, you know, when you get the ball turned over and not giving up big plays down the field sure. outside of the one at the end of the game, to me, that's pretty solid. So um, I, I think the grades are justified right now. And if this team can get back healthy, mm-hmm. fully healthy, they can make a strong run in the fourth quarter of the season. So 100%. that's where I'm at with it. But one uh, one new segment, and we only have a few minutes to tackle it, and we're going to do it every few games or so on as things come to mind is misconceptions around the NFL. Misconceptions that you guys, maybe one or two misconceptions that you guys think and I think that the general public has no clue about or thinks totally opposite about. Um, you know, I'll go on the easy route. Tickets. Players get two free tickets. Players and pay you, for those. And you pay for the rest. So if you got a wife and kids or you got family coming in town, you are buying the tickets for everybody, <laughs> and you pay the taxes on those tickets mm-hmm. for everybody. So the misconception out there is that because you wear a jersey, you get all that you right. want. It's not the truth. It, that's a fact. You pay for the tickets. It is taken out of your check. Yes. So when you have that auto deposit, or back in my day, we actually went upstairs and got a physical check. Mm-hmm. It was already minus everything, whether it was a fine or tickets or a- anything else, equipment that we bought or extra stuff that we might have pay- purchased. It's already gone from our check. You know what? How about uh, you only show up on you show only show up on game day? Like, there, <laughs> like there's no such that's thing real. as working and practicing throughout the week as if you're right. not a you know a normal day to day you know nine to five player. I mean, well, when it came to us, we were there from six till six. Yeah, so yeah. we were there for twelve time. hours, six really. Till sure. six. Yeah, really, you know, really busting our tail and getting ourselves ready. Whether it was you know recovering from the game before, whether it was working out trying to make sure that our bodies stay right, mm-hmm. or watching film trying to make sure that we you know we we have everything going for ourselves uh, when it comes to knowing the game plan. I mean, people just really need to understand, you know, that it's a job. Guys, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a true job, and yeah. guys don't just show up on Sundays. Yeah. What yeah. you got, Des? I think the greatest misconception I, you know, I hear is when you hear somebody say, "Oh, that guy sucks." You know, nobody sucks, man. These guys are the real deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even all the way down to yeah. you know that last guy who you think makes sloppy, like, "Oh, I can beat him to the." 
No, you can't. Yeah. He's like that. Yeah. So just I know. Can, I, can, I can play better. I can play better than him yeah. on my best. Well, no. I think your best day, your best day is is pretty much a below average day for the for the normal athlete. So or even I catching think, the ball, you know, guys. Yeah, like I mean, you should have caught that. Like you yeah, understand. I mean, you catching the ball and then you got you got guys breathing down your neck. I mean, right. it, it, it's kind of right. it's kind of tough. So it's different. Yep. All right, guys. We we got a whole bunch more we can add to that, but we gotta we gotta do a little Chiefs Raiders preview. Next week, there's this small holiday called Thanksgiving. So we ain't going to be on the air. We're going to have, what is it, the tryptophan coma. We're going to eat a lot of turkey, going to be sleeping, uh, uh, hands in, uh, on our stomach, shirts all untucked. You, you guys, and for all the fans out there, at DAHughesGuy83 is my Twitter handle. Check out my Thanksgiving plate. I'm a one-hit wonder on Thanksgiving. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the Chiefs Raiders preview. What's happening, everybody? We are back on the show, and we're looking at the text line right now and uh, just reading a couple of messages. One of them uh, from 816. I'm not going to read the rest of the number, but <laughs> do you guys have to pay for shoes and gloves and stuff like that? Well, it's, a, it's the complete opposite. We get paid to wear those shoes. We get paid to wear those gloves, and when it comes to the equipment, we get that stuff for free. So, I mean... Guys yeah. have contracts. Yeah, we have, we have... Everyone signs a contract when you come to the league. Well, mostly everyone. Um, where you get a chance to, you know, wear Nike or Adidas or anything like that, and they pay you to do that. Yep. So, uh, yeah, it's and pretty And they give cool. you the f- stuff for free. So yes. That's yes. one thing we don't pay for. From the 913, a misconception. NFL players don't know how to manage money. I will say most NFL players do know how to manage money, mm-hmm. but there are some that don't. And I'll go back to my own story. I literally was living off a $10 per day per diem, and then uh, a week later, I had six figures in my bank account. Never had any kind of money before that. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what the heck to do with it. Bought my first car over the phone. So to add to, from my perspective, I didn't know how mm-hmm. to manage money, but I learned how to, ha- how to manage money. You can't learn how to manage money if you don't have money. Right. right. So exactly. Exactly. That, yeah, is yeah. A, that is not a misconception. That's a conception. <laughs> <laughs> All right? I don't care what classes you take. So, yeah, there's some right. things out there, and there's some guys, you know, there's 1,800 players, and there's a small percentage of guys that have no idea what to do with things and don't have the right people around them. Mm-hmm. But there's a larger percentage, just like trouble, just like people that get in trouble, players that are on the news, players mm-hmm. that domestic violence, that's a very, very small percentage compared to the big picture. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, the Chiefs and the Raiders. Yes. We can't have no smiles in the studio. No. You talk about the radio, Raiders, you got to have a scowl on your face Man. in Kansas City. Yeah. But the Chiefs got them coming up after Thanksgiving. We got this weekend off. We got them coming up after Thanksgiving. What you seeing the Raiders and the Chiefs? They're playing well. They're playing really well. I mean, if you pay attention, that they have a, a ton of rookies that's playing for them, and they're really doing what, great things for them. I mean, you know, Josh Jacobs, he's been he's been able to run the ball pretty successfully so far in his career. Yeah. Um, they have a, they have two defensive ends that they drafted pretty early in in the in the draft, and uh, uh, Max Crosby and uh, the other guy from Clemson, uh, Cleland Farrell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Max Crosby had four sacks last week. I mean, and that's not... He comes wow. off that edge, bro. Yes, he do. Yes, he do. And I mean, and that's not something you get lucky with. No. Like, you, you have to go out there and you have to play with technique. You have to, you know, make sure that you, you're learning your opponent and what they can and what they can't do and take advantage of it. But those guys are playing really, 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 really well. Well, we got a, a caller on line one. We got Chris from Excelsior Springs. What's up, Chris? Hey, how you guys doing? Doing, doing all good, right, man. man. How about yourself? 
Hey, I'm pretty good. Thanks for asking. I wanted to know um, about the misconception of the NFL players. Um, Charities, is that something that's mandatory, or, or is that generally from the heart with, with most players? Great question, Chris. Yes, yes. Thanks for thanks for calling in the players only. Uh, for me, and you guys can answer uh, from your perspective, nothing is mandatory. It is encouraged. Mm-hmm. Lamar Hunt and now Clark Hunt really – was very, very uh, uh, strongly an advocate of us being a part of the community, and players have it in their heart to give back. I mean, you you don't sure. forget. You know, I grew up. You don't forget where you come from, and uh, whether you're giving to different charities around Kansas City, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, uh, uh, you know, all, all kind of different charities. I don't want to get into li- listing a whole bunch, but it's kind of instilled in you based on your organization, so it is not forced. But it is encouraged, and to my knowledge, there's never been a player that has negated that. Yeah, absolutely. I had the Desmond Moses Foundation while I played and, mm-hmm. um, you know, revamping it. But it was for Down syndrome and special needs children, you know, Special Olympics, just helping them acclimate to normal life. I have a godson who had Down syndrome. So everybody has their thing that they're passionate about, yep. um, that they want to give back. You know, we're all grateful to be in a position, yes. especially if you can make it to that level. So I think it's just something that's ingrained in most of these guys. Yeah, and I remember, you know, being my younger self and, you know, having having the luxury of meeting these NFL players and wanting to be in their shoes, mm-hmm. but them giving back to us because they've been in our shoes before. Right. So, you know, when I when I was in a position that I was in, whenever anything came up when it came to share to charity, I was all for it. You know, just thinking about my younger self and, and wanting to be a wanting to be there and see these guys and how they're just normal, regular people. Right. Even though each and every Sunday we watch them play the game and we're thinking Man, these people are like superstars. They're 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 rock stars. Yeah. You know, they're idols. But you know, having a chance to see them off the field, you get a chance to, you know, really sit there and like, man, I really want to be like them because they're so humble and they give back because they've been in the same positions um that we've all been in. Guys recognize how to have a light switch. They always yeah. talk about a light switch mentality. You know, I always talk about in the locker room, there were guys playing dominoes, playing cards, listening to music, dancing around. And then the uh, the strength coach would come in and say five minutes to kickoff, and it was like bang. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, now the darkest part of that person <laughs> has come out, yeah. and it's now time to go to business. And, and you, so I'm going, you know, parting along with what you said about real guys. Guys mm-hmm. are just real dudes, and, but they have a, a, a super skill yeah. that they can go out on the field and entertain people on Sundays or Mondays or Thursday nights, uh, wearing a, a football jersey. So. It's not like they're superhuman. It's not like they are heartless mm-hmm. because they swing a helmet or because they get in fights. We don't think that about hockey players. We don't think that about baseball players that bean people. We don't think that about basketball players that undercut people. But for some reason, football players get a tag of being a little bit extra in the negative side mm-hmm. than any other sport. So um, guys are real and their hearts are real and they want to give back to the community. I think the Chiefs do it uh, second to none. Yep. around the NFL. We got another text from 913. Thanks a lot, Chris. We got another text from 913. Curious, how do average Joes come to you guys with investment ideas? I bet you hear some completely ridiculous stuff. Yes, and <laughs> you wind up building up a wall. And we're all laughing in here right yeah. now yeah. because you have guys come to you with insane ideas and you wind up building up a wall where you almost don't trust a whole lot of people. And sometimes it can work negatively later in life when you do have those opportunities. And uh, But you know what? I wouldn't change that experience for the world. I know none of us would either. No, absolutely, absolutely not. <clears throat> well, guys, we are done. Players done. only. 
Week real. 12. That was it, quick. It's a wrap. The Chiefs ain't playing this week, but they're, they're going to play the Raiders next week after Thanksgiving. Chiefs will win at home. We own the AFC West. We own teams after bye weeks, and we own team in Arrowhead except for this season. But I think they'll bounce back this week. Yes. Desmond, thanks for coming out. Thank you for Joe, me. you the man, always yes. being here every week. Next week, uh, I should say next week we're off. The week after that, we'll be eating a lot next week. The week after that, tune back in to Players Only. We're going to have some fun stuff to chat about. Appreciate y'all. Go Chiefs. This is Players Only. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.